Is that because you're older and significant now? Should we start recording? Because we're losing valuable material. Go on, here. Go on, go on. <laughs> Welcome to the Movieville.org podcast episode number 34. Yeah! Uh, that was way too much excitement for this time in the morning. It's okay. It's like 12 o'clock now. We still haven't <laughs> recorded anything. That's morning for me. We have. We recorded a pre-show. Okay. No one listens to these pre-shows, you know that, right? <laughs> I do. I go back and reminisce. <laughs> and what could have been? <laughs> Listen to all the things we can't air. Um... <laughs> All what right. are we doing today? Uh, today we're going to be looking at uh, or watching Skyfall and breaking it down. Why are we watching Skyfall? I, you know what? I don't know. I asked myself this question this morning and I questioned why we're going to watch this film. And then I was just like, look, old man wants to watch Skyfall. Let's just fulfill <sighs> I, his wishes. Hang, because, on. hang yeah. on. I've seen Skyfall. Okay. You've seen Skyfall. Yeah. It was what, 2010, 2012? 12, 12. Yeah. Like so four years old. Okay. Had that. Young Mr. Craig in it. Is he younger than you? You know why we're watching this. Why are we watching this? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, because I didn't like it and you did. That's a, that's a good summary. <laughs> um, why didn't you like it? Okay, let's come back to Skyfall in a second. Hang okay, on, hang on. Okay. What else have you been doing this week? Uh, well, this week... Um, oh, did the ending now? Oh, did no? the ending now? No. All right, okay. Um, I've I'm just seen... trying to avoid talking about Batman and Superman. I was actually going to mention that right now. Go on then. I've seen Batman vs Superman three times now. I've Same. seen it once. Okay. What did you think? It's good. Are we going to talk about it now? <laughs> yeah. Come on, let's talk about it. It's good. Okay, what did you think? Like, what did you think? What did you think? Do you think it was worth all the negative reviews that have been swirling around on the interwebs? Um... All of the negative opinions that you may or may not have heard. What do you think? I've been avoiding all the media, all the reviews, all the everything. I know that people are going to hate it. They're not going to like it. People didn't even like the, when um, uh, Man of Steel came out and it was all dramatic. Uh, people didn't like Batman. They didn't like the fact that uh, Dark Knight Rises was a bit melancholy. They didn't like the fact that Ben Affleck... Ben Affleck? Ben Fleck. Ben Fleck was going to be Batman. Um, he's hench. He's huge. He's huge. He just appears in his suit right at the beginning of the film, and I was completely distracted, and I thought, look at the size of that. He's, wow. <laughs> We're not talking about his genitalia. <laughs> well, I'm sure people will be happy to hear that that doesn't come on the screen. <laughs> yeah. So, therefore, oh, my God. He's huge. He is huge. Surprisingly huge. Um, and very well. Wow. He's done a lot of hard work there. Physically. For this film. CrossFit. Is that what he's done? Yeah, that's what he was doing on screen. With the old tyres and hitting the tyres and pulling chains. Okay. Yeah, it's a great film. And it was made for comic people. It wasn't made for just people that generally watch films. Right which we talked about when yeah. we came out cinema. I just seen it last night. Avoided the media. I don't care if people have given it bad reviews. Um, I think more than anything, it was a, an okay story, really well told. Yeah, I can agree with that. 
Um, there's lots of weird bits where I just thought, what's going on? And how does that happen? That doesn't work. And this doesn't make any sense. But despite that, it was so well told and so well put together that yet I, I feel like going back to the cinema and watching it again. Do you remember when we spoke about this when the trailers came out? Do you remember um, so seeing all the footage in the trailer? Did any of that ruin it for you? I really wish that they hadn't made a Wonder Woman trailer. Okay. Um, the rest of it was okay. I don't think they ruined anything. I think that was really good. What do you think? I, I think uh, it didn't make a difference to me. I was... Um, Listening to uh, Kevin Smith's review on his podcast, Batman and Batman. Who? Kevin Smith. Who's that? Ben Affleck's best friend. Batflex. Ben, ben Fleck. <laughs> yeah, go on. Um, and he was basically saying, uh, he was pointing out more than anything else, I guess, was that the trailer contained virtually one shot from every scene in the film. Really? Minus a few. Yeah, there was a, there was a few that went in there. But it basically had... A, a, a shot from each, well not each scene a number of scenes from the film from the first, second and third act or the 24 acts okay I, I don't I don't really have a problem with that, I mean it's it's a lot of films do that, they have great trailers with lots of things in them from each area or each each, each part, each segment of the, of the film I think the thing that got to me was it was like watching a comic rather than reading a comic but when you see a film you you sometimes want to be more emotionally engaged you want to be into the characters you want to feel something more than when you when you're just reading a comic um that's not necessarily a bad thing it means it was a great translation of comic to film yeah but i feel that there should have been more depth but hey it was the beginning of something new i think um it was the closest thing, and we said this when it came out the cinema yesterday, it was the closest thing there is to a literal translation translation of a comic book to a film. Um, so I don't think there is anything else like that out there. I think the Avengers does an amazing job, but what the Avengers does is it creates these characters within a film setting almost without maybe taking into consideration their source material at some points. Um, whereas what this did, probably Superman, what it did, it directly took shots and inspiration from the comics it was based upon. So there were various shots from the film where I could recall from mm. their comics. So for example, Dark Knight yep. Returns, there was a shot of him where uh, Doomsday was you know, battling everyone and he gets, he grapples away when you see the lightning bolt in the background. That shot. There was also a shot of uh, Superman in space. It was almost like a shot for shot. Like that was a, there's a panel in Dark Knight Returns that looked exactly like the ones that they showed in the film. Um, and it, that's, I think, what the Avengers are trying to do is um, trying to create shots that may look like they belong in comic books rather than literally translating them from their panels. Cool. So, I'm going to talk more without giving anything away. So, I think we should wait a bit longer because it's still in the in the cinemas and stuff. But definitely worth watching. Yes. Um, so, what's your problem with with James Bond? And I, I don't have a problem with James Bond. I do. I, what? I do. You have a problem with James Bond? 
Well, we talked about this last time. Okay, no, okay, fine. Are we talking about like... What's your problem, what's, sorry, what's your problem with Skyfall? I don't necessarily have a problem with Skyfall. It's more so the fact that I just found it. It wasn't uh, memorable. I can't think of anything from there that made me think, oh, this is a pretty good film, apart from when the building exploded and what's-her-face died. Okay. So, I'm intrigued because, to me, it was very sort of James Bond lore exploration of background and and all sorts of interesting things. Should we do this? Let's do this. Okay. We're going to go off air, watch a bit of Skyfall, come back. One of us is going to celebrate it. One of us is probably going to complain about it. Probably me. <laughs> okay, so we lasted about five seconds <laughs> and uh, it's been stopped already I, just, I always had a question i want to know does this because uh, uh, i'm just curious does this start for, does this continue from the previous film uh yeah so if we go, go all the way back to casino royale as in i know it obviously continues from the previous film but uh, yeah. are we talking like an immediate like the film was like i don't know a week ago sort of thing or no, I don't. I don't think it's that immediate. I think it's just, a li- a, and then later. Dot dot dot. Okay. All right. Fine. I mean, we we got a setup for Bond becoming Bond, almost like a reboot of Bond in Casino Royale. Okay. Um, did you like that one? Yeah, I enjoyed that. Casino Royale is probably one of my favorites. Cool. All right. Uh, what's Quantum of Solace after this? No, this is the most recent one, isn't it? No. As in Spectre before after this, but we better check the dates. I'm sure Skyfall was the last one. I right. Remember the um Adele's ridiculous song. Alright, let's carry on. Yeah. Okay, I've stopped it there about sort of a couple of minutes in. Um How you finding that? Yeah, it's right. Character intro. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. Emotional reaction to uh being told to leave a guy to die. Uh actually like this surprised me actually I didn't think Bond would have any emotional attachment to anyone really uh, I mean not well, just, it's, it's that global compassion that he's got one of his guys one of his people are down yeah. Monson's down in the chair is bleeding yeah. he needs medical attention um, a natural police response would be you deal with the person whose life is at risk there yeah. and then now but that's the priority yeah. he's been told to leave him explicitly yeah. and carry on and he's having an emotional reaction to that. Yep. That seems almost unprofessional. It almost shows a, a fairly James young... James Bond-like, and, I'd say. Sorry? Un-James Bond-like. Yeah, exactly. It's an un-James Bond-like. Yeah. And, and, and that's, the first, that's the first thing we've now said that, that points towards exactly what film this is, which film this is, and why the film is the way it is. Yeah. Also, uh, I made a note um, about the hard drive. Yeah. More of an observation, more than anything else. Why would... Uh, is it M? I forget her name. Well, no, he's talking to... Uh, no, his... so at the beginning of the film where he, he was on the earpiece. Was it M on the earpiece? I'm not paying attention. Who's M? Who's the lady? Who's Gigi Dench? It's M. M, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So when she was saying to him, he said, the hard drive's gone. Yeah. And then she said, are you sure? What does that even mean? Is that to say like he's what? Like he's too old to know what a hard drive looks like? What does that mean? Is that a... I don't understand that so much. All right. Stick with it for a second. All right. 
So we're mid um, film opening bad guy chase across the Grand Bazaar in uh, was it Istanbul? Yeah, I think so. Um, on motorbikes across the rooftops, and we have this other um, black female agent. Um, it's money pussy. Well, she's not been revealed at this point in the film. Oh, in the yeah. series, she yeah. wasn't revealed. But this is, she's bad. She's elbowing the driver's side window, smashing out the windscreen. She's just driving like um, a violent, trained agent that's doing whatever she needs to do to support the lead agent in the field. Yeah. This is, this is good stuff. Um, you had a, I paused it because you had a sort of violent reaction to the whole VW Beetle thing. <laughs> Um, yeah, I have an issue with product placement in films. Yeah, I understand why they have to do it, but um, when it's as obvious as this and is, it's it, it's frustrating for me. Uh, <laughs> what? Because she said she M said what? What are these? What's happening? What's that yeah. noise? It's like the cars flying at her, and she said VW Beetles. Yeah, VW. And then at the beginning, when she's like, "He's in the black Audi." Why do we need to know that? You just say black car. Just I don't. It doesn't add anything to the film or the story. It doesn't. Doesn't. I don't care for it. Well, no, but in, you might in disagree. The field, you would identify the the the, the maker model of a car. If there's only one car on the road, then why do you turn acknowledge it uh, that it's an Audi? There's one car in front of you. It's uh, that car. Call logs. When you do a debrief of the case later on, you'd need a, to do a call log. To me, it's all completely believable. I have other reasons why it's believable to me, but no, no, I agree with you. Uh, I a, I like that. That's a good explanation. <laughs> Um, but because of watching a film, I know it's not the explanation that they're going for. Right. The explanation that they're going for is money. Uh, I don't know. It's you sound, a, you a, sound more that it, it's you're a, it, you feel jaded from the whole product placement thing. Yeah, it, it, it takes away from the. I'm not going to say realism of my film because there's no realism yeah. in any film, but. Um, you feel there's a there's a is a bump against the fourth wall. Yeah, but not uh, not in a respectful way. Okay. Apart from that, what do you think of the uh, the female agent supporting Bond? I have no issue with it. I love it. Um, I like that she's black. The old diverse day, you know. Diverse yeah. Nature. See, no one really talked about this. People talked about it informally. Um, I mean, and there was sort of you know the usual typical tabloid type articles talking about this kind of stuff. But um, uh, it's. <sighs> I actually don't think that the fact that Money Penny is now um, black instead of white is minor compared to the fact that Money Penny is powerful, trained, qualified in the field, supporting Bond, acting like almost an equal in this scene, which is phenomenal. I, yeah, I agree. I think, but the thing is, with me, when I'm watching it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have seen anything different with that. A because I guess. The only thing I remember of Money Penny was that she was a woman. That's all I can remember right. from the older films. Well, she was M's secretary, and M was a man. Interesting. Yes, I remember that now. From yeah, she would just sit there and just flirt with Bond. Okay. Um, a B. Um, I've be- not become desensitized to it, but I'm so yep. used to seeing, I guess, powerful women on screen that seeing her do these things is nothing different to me. Okay, that's interesting. But, uh, that's different. I guess obviously because you know it within context, yep. it's different to you. But this is this is fine for me. I enjoy this. I love seeing like women be badasses and shit. So, um, yeah, no, it's not. I mean, 
nothing different. It just it just blends into me. There's nothing different here. Okay. But uh, I'm liking the way they're telling the story. Uh, one thing I will pr- um, commend them for is is being able to tell the story in a great way. So, yes. Okay. Cool. Let's go. Okay. And and scene. Money Penny's just muffed the shot and shot Bond off the train. He's hit the water. Wasn't her fault. She said several times it's not a clean shot. Yep. She's doing what she can. M left Ronson at the beginning, a bleeding, dying agent, yep. told Bond to continue. Yep. She then told Moneypenny to take a, a shot that was not clean, yep. with extremely high level of risk that she would shoot her own agent. So this is a ruthless Moneypenny after something that's obviously some extremely important that she's just throwing away the lives and risking the lives of her best agents. That's very interesting. That, that's that's not an M or a level of risk that any governmental agency or body would take in these in these uh, in the context it's 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 interesting yes i mean I, was, he's he's been shot right i know he's not dead everybody knows he's not dead might be he's not because there's no film then without james bond there's no film otherwise we can stop watching right now i don't know i think money penny could do it i don't know she just needs a bit of extra sort of encouragement and training she's bad <laughs> she's so good she's just like that when she elbowed that window she had me at the elbow really yeah was that was that impressive to you was it what was that impressive it was very natural and fluid. It, it, did, it did feel like she'd done it a thousand times before. She probably did. Well, she got it right. <laughs> because she's a rude. woman. Rude. Rude. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, everybody. Really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. No, uh, good. I, how I, are you finding this? I, I enjoyed now? it. I enjoyed that first sequence. It was good. Um, it's good. They had all, all, the right, all the right tools. Uh, told it brilliantly, I think. Um, uh, let's let's be clear. I haven't said I dislike this film. No, 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 um, no. I don't, feel, I don't feel the need to defend well, myself. But I'm not. I, I'm not going into the deep stuff yet. The deep stuff just beginning, which is Bond is. Uh, he's a soldier. Yeah. He's on a mission. He's following orders. He's doing what he needs to do. Uh, being a good policeman for the world, working for Queen and Country. He even talks to M like he's talking to the Queen when he says "Yes, Mom." Yeah. To her orders. Yeah. All right. Let's carry on. Yes. Um, and a question: What's the difference between MI5 and MI6? That's a good question. I'm sure there's like many nerds listening to this that have just face palmed. <laughs> but it's okay because um, some people are into all this stuff um, and just grow up watching this stuff and learning about how all our, our military agencies work and. Know it, and other people are, are grow up in interested in other things and detach from it. So it's worth talking about. Mi five, Mi five is our um, uh, security service, national security service. They pretty much look after the interests of the country. Inside the borders of the, uh, their remit's changed over time. They've been around for a long, long time. Um, MI6, it's uh, more of a colloquial name. It's actually an organization called SIS, Secret Intelligence Service. Okay, so um, MI6 isn't a real deal then? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's another name for SIS. Um, and it's, you know, they were set up a long time ago. Um, and the heads of agency, I think 
the head of SIS is traditionally called C, uh, not M, I think, or is it MFI? I can't remember. I read all this stuff a long time ago. Does it really not exist? Does who not exist? The actual people that run this thing. Yeah, of course they exist. They're As in, are they just like, like men in black? No. No, 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 no. They're they're an official sanctioned government agency with um you know with big buildings and you know there's built big buildings along the Thames. Just, I'm just curious where if they've these operated. Places actually exist. Yeah. Um. Why don't terrorists just like? Well, hang on. Let me just quickly talk about the difference. Go on. SIS's responsibility is to protect the country from foreign threats, so they work in conjunction with the foreign office. The foreign secretary has a has a a, a big say in or a, a lot of information about what they're doing, where they're going. Yes, there's a lot of crossover between um, our diplomatic uh, branch and and um, yeah. So foreign threats, a little bit like how I mean, it's not a, it is, they don't map directly, but a little bit like how um, the FBI look after uh, basically a federal policing service within the United States and right. CIA look after foreign. Uh, protect against foreign threats, uh, look after American interests, okay. but cannot operate inside the USA. SIS a little bit different in that they are the clandestine service, they're a secret intelligence service, and um, they are there to take care of shit. Interesting. There are other military intelligence services. There's an organization I think has previously been referred to once as MI20. Uh, referred to as the DET, they're a, uh, they're a remote military intelligence service that operate in the field. This is from people that are telling me stories who work in that area. And um, they might be lying to me, so this might be a complete load of bollocks, but um, there are many other military intelligence services that have evolved over time, but the traditional ones are um, GCHQ, SIS, and MI5. So are, if there's an MI5 and an MI6, yeah, and then MI20... Are there an MI one through four? It and depends how much bullshit my army friend was telling me. Interesting. <laughs> hey, that's me. <gasps> Should we go? Yeah, let's carry on. Oh, sorry. Scene. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so M is obsessed. Bond is a soldier, um, and he's now been shot. He was shot in the shoulder, and now he's been shot again by um, Money Penny, being forced to take an unreasonable risk by M. Yep. So what we have, the subtext here, is that we start off with a Bond that's working a specific way. He's working with, I mean, the way he, he did, dug that digger into the back of that carriage on that train. Yep. He's working with almost disregard for public life. It almost There's a, there's a feeling of that. Um, doing exactly what he needs to do. Yep. Pulling out all the stops, it seems, at this stage. And it's left him broken. He's not whole. Okay. He's been shot twice in the in the opening scene, pretty much. So he's gone into hiding, right? Has he? Uh, that's what I'm gathering here. If I can... Let's watch it. Okay. Pause it there. There's a, you know, explosion at the Thames, explosion at the, uh, Thames Tower building. Um... Bond is somewhere else in the world. The colours have all changed, so it feels somewhere warmer. He's entertaining himself with a person. And uh, 
looks quite dejected and destroyed, and he's failed. This is a bond that we don't see. Yeah. Yeah, he was lonely and finding his way in Quantum of Solace. He was becoming the agent that we all know. He's becoming the agent that we all know in um, Casino Royale. Yeah. But here he's failed. The whole thing's fallen apart, and he's doesn't feel like Bond. He feels like a human being. I mean, yeah. he's come back to life, which is a bit superheroic. Mm. But he feels like a human being that's not the Bond that that people expect to see. Yeah. Uh, that's from my perspective of watching the other films. How do you feel when you're watching this? You've seen the character evolve over films. Uh, I, this just seems like a standard... So we said this last time, a hero's journey sort of thing. You know, he's almost resisting to go back to his old life. I know what's going to happen, obviously, because one, I've seen it once before, but I've seen it countless times before in other hero's journeys. It's just, it's a standard film. Nothing has blown me away yet. Okay. I guess it's good that I can see it this way because you've seen it and you've seen the involvement of the character. You haven't, uh, I guess it was difficult for you to see it from this perspective. For, for me, it's just another film. Yeah, this is interesting, the difference in perspective that's coming out again and again between having watched Bond films and having him be almost superhuman and this very human Bond that you're seeing as, yeah, it's a character in a film. Yeah. All right, quick question. I've just paused it here where we've got the um, Union flag covering these um, caskets. Yeah. Victims of the terrorist attack on yeah. Thames Tower. Yeah. Do you relate to that in any way at all, being a British citizen growing up here? But you've grown up in a subculture which is Leicester, which is predominantly Asian, and the culture has, um, inside of it, uh, practices and lots of subtext in its day-to-day um, dialogue or in, in, in the narrative that we that we receive growing up in Asian culture in this country, uh, at least my generation did, and I don't know how much of your generation has that in Leicester, um, a narrative of being almost not British. And then, of course, there's a reaction that people almost have when they encounter, on many occasions, people that don't want to see you as British. Our ages are different. Our thinking might be different. Does that have any reaction? Do you have any reaction to that? Not particularly. Not because... um, Again, because it's a film, I don't have any... Can you relate that to actual things which are happening and have any... Does that elicit any emotion from you that we have people putting their place uh, putting themselves in the way of harm to protect this country it doesn't uh, I don't it doesn't I, there's not a lot of emotion there not hugely to be honest um, not for the people who do what they do but for this particular scene I guess for the people who do what they do uh I guess it's the lack of political knowledge and knowing what is actually going on doesn't help. That's also common in our culture. There's a lot of people that have a lot of um, a lack of engagement with politics um, and don't relate to these kind of scenes. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's fair to say. Uh, probably more on that later. Also, yeah. Call to Adventure. Heroes Jenny. Which one? Oh, the thing. Yeah. 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 Okay, um, we're on. Question. Yeah. Two questions, actually. Yeah. Well, where are we? Bond is broken, missing shots, yep. injured. Not the, not the same one that we know. Psychologically damaged. Um, he's just gone through the psych evaluation thing and the word association. Are we supposed to know what Skyfall means at this point? No. No. Okay. And the second thing wasn't a, wasn't a question, just a, a, um, a, a statement, I guess. The reason I think... No, not reason. A quick comparison, I guess. Yeah. Between the character thing, uh, I couldn't care less if if Jane Bond died, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to give you an example. When I watched the Civil War trailer, yeah. When I saw the degradation of those characters, yes. And their friendship, yeah. Iron Man and Captain America, yes. In the trailer, yeah. That resonated with me more yeah. than the degradation of James Bond's character does. Yeah. Um, I guess that's because I've I know the characters more. Yeah. Um, yeah, when I, which is why I understand why you. Yeah, for me this is the same. It's like, what the hell? They, they've broken bond. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, I do love the chemistry between um, Money Penny and Bond. They've, I think they've got that down. It's um, and it's not seedy and weird. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Um, it's not even. It's not overly obvious either. It's just just there. Mm. It's not forced. Okay, we're on. This is um, I paused it because that's uh, a key scene for this film. She she obviously just put him out in the field, knowing that his he didn't pass. Yep, he's not shooting straight. He can't finish doing his flipping pull ups. Can't do word association properly. Can't do word association. Timmy Malley wouldn't let him out in the field. Nope. Oh, what a terrible old reference. Um, and then when she's questioned on this, she's emotionally defensive. She looks after him like a mother. Yes. It's interesting, isn't it? He's an orphan. That was alluded to earlier, yes. No next of kin. All right. I... I I know you're not feeling this, but you're not a... I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> okay, we've just finished the Shanghai set piece. Okay, the first five names are uh, released on YouTube, and we've got... Bond on his way to Macau based on a clue that's a chip. Um, how did you find that last scene? Yeah, it was good. There's, um, there's no dialogue. No, I loved it. It was good. Silhouetted fight scene. I enjoyed that. Um, just uh, a quick thought, I guess. Just a quick thought, I guess. Yeah. Was why uh, he couldn't have just shot that guy before he did that. Before he sniped the the dude. But why? 
that wasn't his mission. His mission was just to assassinate him and see if he can get information from him. But he's dead anyway, and he got no information from him. He, he tried. He just fucked it up. Didn't try very hard. Well, it's difficult when you're on the edge of a building with no window and it's a skyscraper and you're fighting to the death and you are probably trying to maintain your own life <laughs> rather than say, oh, we must keep this guy alive. This film is frustrating me. Why? <laughs> Let's continue. No, no, no. Please, tell me why. No, just because that. It doesn't... Things aren't very clear, you know? No one even knows. Well, no, that's the... Oh, yeah, that's the whole point of these... Not kind that of I want it spelt out for me. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to disagree. I'm going to disagree. We have an entire youth today. Uh, millennials are brought up on spoon-fed Hollywood shit where nothing has depth. There are enough subtext. And everything agree. has to be explained. Otherwise, people are like, oh, I don't know what's going on. No, no, I agree. I agree. Uh, I, I am always behind that. You know that. Uh, yeah. but this film it's too confusing not at all it's <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know I guess it's just, I don't, you know, it's just James Bond you know it's just I know what I'm expecting which is why I'm not invested in it hmm interesting I oh. know what's going to happen like of course he's going to survive yeah it's James Bond it doesn't well, that doesn't make any sense. That's I mean, the same with every other superhero. Superhero film, I know, but yeah. with the superhero films, I guess I'm not invested in the character because I don't understand their character. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. What What is it that... that I mean, I'm not going to say a stupid question like, what is it that you don't understand? What, what about the character confuses you? Because no, this no, is, there's no confusion. This, this is a government-sanctioned murderer. Yeah. How do you feel about that? S- it's a stupid concept, but so is a flying it's man. It's a real concept. Yeah, I guess, yeah. I guess, suppose it is. Yeah, you're right. Is that not an interesting thing to explore? Uh, it is. Uh, it definitely is. I I would have been... I should be more interested in that, the fact that there is a dude out there who murders people for the government. I'm sure there's more than one. Yeah. All the double O's. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm interested to know the the because you're not the only one. Yeah, other people are as time goes by becoming becoming younger people become more disconnected from Bond and I'm and if I'm wrong I want to hear about it on Anchor and Twitter but yeah, let's carry on. Okay, okay, we just didn't start it. Um. And you asked, what was your question? What makes what, this film unique? Yeah, as a what film? makes this film unique? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what it is that uh, that's making me not like this film. Uh, so I began. So I, I can't explain why you don't like this film. Yeah, only you can explain why you don't like this film. I began watching this film, thinking, okay, this is pretty cool, and now it's just kind of going downwards. Just like it in the last podcast, it was like my feelings are going. <laughs> you know. I don't know. And there's nothing wrong with the film. I know there's nothing wrong with the film. It's beautifully shot. There are a number of scenes which I love. The fight scene was probably the standout scene so far, but uh, I don't know. I can't 
explain why I'm not feeling this film. Okay. No, let's explore it in a bit. Right, okay. So we've just been talking about background of Mallory and he's a um, member of the Irish Rifle Association. <laughs> no, he's um, part of the Hereford Regiment, it said. Yeah. Lieutenant Colonel posted in Northern Ireland. I fought the IRA. Irish Republican Army. This is also interesting. I think I grew up, um, I was born in the 70s. Ooh. And uh, I grew up with my dad working in London. We lived in the, the suburbs. Yeah. And, um, you know, like at certain times of the year, especially at Christmas times, there'd be like bombs going off, yeah. terrorist attacks by the IRA in London. And we'd be wondering, and there's no mobile phones. Yeah. So the only way I know when when something is happening in the news, the only way I know that my dad is safe is when he the the, the door opens and he walks in. So growing up back then was a different experience to when there was peace. Yeah. Um. So these all these things are relevant. Um. Also, grow, uh, you start to learn much more about what this country is doing over there, whether you agree or disagree with it. Um, and you learn about the operations and how that's put together. Does the do the phrase Hereford Regiment mean anything to you? No. Hereford's traditionally the training ground for the um, Special Air Service. SAS. It's a Special Forces Parachute Regiment. Okay. And it just flies in and does crazy things mm. and then uh, jumps out again. Um, so again, love it. They're just talking about his background without saying anything explicitly. Nothing's being spoon fed, mm. as it would be, like an American film saying this guy is ex Navy SEALs, Marine Delta Force, all this shit that you yeah. get, and it's like, <laughs> uh, okay, that's not how people talk. People talk with subtext. People talk knowing with the context that they're in. They don't explicitly talk about the details of their context because everyone else in that situation knows what those words are. Yeah. They only make things explicit for an audience, and then it's just annoying. Yes. So that's, that kind of depth is what makes this much more interesting for me to watch because it's very, very subtle. Okay. All right. Go on. Context. Context? Where are we? Where are we? Oh, yeah. Uh, Bond's taking the chip that he found on Patrice in Shanghai and gone to the relevant casino in Macau traded in the chip <coughs> summon the interest of Severine yes what do you think of this scene I don't know you were looking at me several times fascinated I, was, I wanted to see your reaction and um, if you how, how you were receiving it that sounds weird there was a <laughs> I mean, there's a couple of scenes, yeah. Well, a couple of scenes, a couple of lines, I guess, where Severine's just kind of alluding to like plot twists and so on and so forth. This is one of my most favourite scenes of almost any Bond film. It's fantastic. Oh wow! I've watched this scene so many times. Um, I've even quoted her when she talks about fear. People never know where that quote's from. Um, Where's it from? From this film. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is so good. This is 
oh man, I, I, how do I express this? This is full of um, Bond just throwing himself in there, in there, painting a target on his own back, um, carrying on a relationship that started with two people looking at themselves from two different buildings on two different sky, well, from two different skyscrapers, where there was an immediate um, subtext of chemistry that continues in this conversation. She then warns him because she can see that he's an assassin. They play in the, they have a little play of their conversation. There's there's flirting going on. Then there's her standoffishness that you know you're an assassin and you have no idea who this guy is. And then there's that hope and deceit on her part. This is a woman that's talking to Bond from a completely different perspective to almost all the other conversations that Bond has with the leading women that are in Bond films. She's not just a... Um, sex object. She's not a sex object. She's not just a woman that's standing there and he's having a conversation and the focus is on Bond. The focus is on her. It's completely on her. Even the camera shots over Bond's shoulder, mainly at her face. And it's an amazing performance. And she's genuinely afraid and... This is about, uh, it's almost a, it's a warning and a cry for help and deceit on her part towards the person who owns her and shock at her being completely read and made transparent by Bond doing his cold reading and analysing her there in that scene. Um, and then they leave almost, they leave the conversation bonded, having a collaborated and made a plan against this thing that's such a... Uh, sword of Damocles in her life it's deep it's such a short well performed scene well written scene it's brilliant and with like layered subtext that just wow um, all of that okay <laughs> let's carry on <laughs> right okay so we've just met Javier Bardem he's arrived on this island tied him to a chair felt up his thighs fingered his chest uh, threatened him, not threatened him, but sort of intimated that he won't, you know, he's too much of a ladies' man. He wouldn't know what to do in this situation. This guy's going for him. What does Bond say? What makes you think this is my first time? <laughs> yes, this is the future, bisexual Bond. More importantly, from a story and political perspective, How do you feel about what Javier's character is saying? Which part in particular? The whole thing about the Empire being over and Bond living in the ruins and being used by this person that represents the country and the Secret Service trying to achieve things which uh, are from an old world. I guess it's representative of a James Bond character, isn't it, really? The old James Bond character, not so much now. I guess this film is... What I'm seeing here so far is it's a transition from the older James Bond into a newer James Bond. That's what I'm seeing here. I think I'm talking more about the political subtext of what he's talking about. That was a really interesting reaction. You rolled your eyes and shook your head like, what the fuck? I don't give a shit. Ah, I think we're getting to the root of why there's such a difference in opinion here. Politics. Yeah. That's what it is, I think. All right. 
not not an interest point. I know it should it's be. Okay. It should be a, a more of an interest point because it's all around us, especially in film. Uh, yeah. It just, you know, it just ruins the experience for me. Film is a form of escapism. And when you're going to inject things like politics into it, for yeah. me, personally, it does ruin it. But there are... Uh, well, hang, on, hang, on, hang, on. hang on, Captain America. Is politics. The Avengers. Politics. S.H.I.E.L.D. Politics. So what in the what are you talking about? The difference is, I've read these stories before. Red Sun, and I want to see how they all unfold. Red Sun, the Russian Superman. Yes, I think it's called Red Sun. But it's Superman is an American icon. Yes, he fights for you know peace, justice, truth, justice, democracy, and the American way. The American way. Yes. As does Captain America. Yeah. Stark is a capitalist. An American capitalist. Yes. How can you not be affected by the political subtext of this? Um, I am not affected by the political subtext. So that leads me to talking about what Javier's character is saying there. Which is, this is an old world. This all over. Still holding true to ideals like queen and country this is this is what we're hearing right now from british nutters who decide to go to the middle east and turn against their country it's the same narrative yes ah lost you already i've never seen you roll your eyes so many times in in such a short period of time i'm listening i'm I'm, (laughs) I'm taking it on board Right, I'll stop. Hang on, let's carry on with the film. All right, okay, we just finished the London Underground set piece. The Escape of Silver. The plot's been fully revealed now, finally. Um, Silver is an ex um, MI6 agent. He's also hunting M. She is another bond that he had that she'd created in another time. At the same time, there's this macro-scale story going on about whether we need this kind of almost unregulated secret service in this day and age. Yeah. And we have that scene with the minister and M defending why we need a secret service, which is such a rich, rich scene. It ends with a, an excerpt from a Tennyson poem um, and describes the spirit of what we're trying to do here. This is about a secret service that is the... <laughs> I could just think of some terrible metaphors to explain what I'm trying to say, but I won't going to use any of those. The Secret Service is there, unyielding in the face of um, a new age of, of, of threats, which are threatening the society that we're living in. And in this age, that, that threat is in a country or an organization or people that have a flag or, or anything. It's just individual people which is linked back into the main story because that's exactly what Silver is. He's at the top of that pile in that he's a unique, sorry, he's an individual, one person that's threatening her. 
but he's someone that's trained to do a lot more damage. Hmm. You seemed quite engaged by the last last few scenes. A bit more yeah. engaged. Yeah, I think um, from a... Again, uh, it's definitely an, an engaging film, right? But um, no more engaging than any other action film. Do you know what I mean? To define it as an action film is, is I guess, not to do it enough justice. I understand that um, because it's a lot more than just an action film. There's a lot more subtext in there, like you've been explaining. I can definitely appreciate the character a bit more at this point. We're about 40 minutes from the finish. And I can appreciate it more, him more at this stage. Does it make me... Like James Bond even more? No, not really. Okay. Um, I still feel the same as I did before. How did you make him feel about the clandestine services? Am I like, six? Okay. Um, it's certainly intriguing, I guess, um, to think that this does maybe happen. A, no, a non-glamorized version of this. Yeah, of course. But in even saying that, I haven't... Uh, I wouldn't call this glamorized. Not so much these okay. ones, anyway. Uh, which is why it works, I guess. Maybe... Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I was going to get a different conversation, but yeah. You're right. Oh, what were you going to say, again? I was going to say... Um, it's a very... <clears throat> if it's supposed to be a very real subject... It's an exploration of a milieu that lives in our face and underneath our uh, underneath the face of our general society. Yeah, yeah. That's around us. Yeah, apparently all the time. Yeah, yeah. exploration yeah. makes it sound a lot better than just a, a story. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's an interesting milieu because it's like a, a parallel world that lives that exists that we assume we can fantasize about. This is a way of exploring it. Obviously, Bond is a huge fantasy, and Fleming is, uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk later. Hang on. Let's carry on with the film. Yes. All right. We have rear title crawl. Yep. Film is finished. <sighs> Didn't interrupt the last the climax of the film. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Transformation film. The set piece ends in Bond's home, old uh, home, which seems to be where he grew up, but didn't really like. Something bad happened there that they don't talk about. Silver tracks him down. Lots of action. And then the transformation scene. Now, the old Bond transformation scene, scene was uh, on Her Majesty's Secret Service, where he's a jolly Bond. It's not a great film at all, um, but it's intense because at the end of it, he has a he's, he gets married. But you know, the evil powers that be decide no, no, this is not going to happen, and they attack him. They machine gun his car and they kill his wife, and that's his transformation scene, where he 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 seals himself into. Um, an unyielding cocoon of death. Uh, no, that's a terrible description. I don't, it's, the thing about this podcast is you can't actually 
prepare your, your, your words or metaphors. I could write that much better. I need a, a few minutes. Anyway, <laughs> this that's uh, that's one of the reasons I love Skyfall. It's got that transformation scene at the end where Bond, who is the good, obedient soldier, who's doing what he's doing because he kind of believes in it and he's really following um, M, Dench M, um, and who he may or may not have realized he is... Uh, transformed into a, a mother figure of sorts that's a, a strong subtext there dies and elicits almost a sob from him yeah, but, I saw, yeah yeah i saw that but that's 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 what he needed he's now uh sealed there's no more refining to do and mallory the new m gives him his job back without any further apparent testing. And now he's the Bond of legend. <sighs> so how are you? <laughs> um, <laughs> Have you enjoyed this? Or has it been just as shit it was the first time? To say it was shit is, is harsh. It was shit. <laughs> Um, I can appreciate the evolution of a character, especially when it uh, results in something like this did. Um, I'm I'm generally a fan of an evolution of a character, especially when it's dragged through over time uh, and done well. I'm going to use Civil War as another example. Over the course of the films, we've seen all of the characters evolve in so many different ways. And to see them get to this stage where you know, uh, to the point where it's like an emotional battle. Now it's completely different to anything we've seen. Is it's I can appreciate that. Much like this, um, at the end of the film, we saw him, and he was a different person. He was reflecting on everything that he's done, obviously, and um, ready for bigger shit, I guess. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I can appreciate that. Cool. Um just pause that. Right. So, so where does that leave us? Uh, are the things about that you had the things that you thought were uh, were not great about this film still not great? Are um, are there any things which are now better than they were? Um, do you see this as the same? Do you see this as worse? Do you see this as bet a better film? Does it? Tell me more. No, I think uh, my feelings before were that it wasn't a bad film because from a filmmaking perspective, I can see why it is a good film and I can appreciate the filmmaking in this story. But you, you didn't like it as much as you like the other Bond films, which is, which is the bit that surprised me. Yeah, I think the other Bond films were more comparable to quote-unquote action films. Okay. Whereas this one is a deeper uh, look at the James Bond character now, if I'd been a fan of James Bond and had followed his character from the very beginning, I would have, I know I would have appreciated this more. But it just doesn't appeal to me. There's a, there's a, there's very, um, there's a very, very much a present tense in what you're saying in that that opinion hasn't changed at all. <laughs> Which is fine. It... I mean, 
my opinion on the film hasn't changed. I th- I still think it's a good film, right? It's a good film. Yeah. But I just it just wasn't for me. Just wasn't buzzing. Just just wasn't buzz. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I have no idea. I mean, we've, we've been pausing and talking and watching and pausing and talking, and I have no idea how this is going to come out in the edit. I'm excited. It's something different. It's a very different format. I don't know if we've just wasted like three hours of our life trying something, but it's you don't know until you try. How much have you got in there? Uh, only an hour. Oh, that's good. Only an hour. Okay. Which is pretty good. Um, um, I think it paused at good places. So, uh, shall we close up, finish up any other things we've been doing, talking about? Let's go to, uh, where's the show notes? Dan, 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 dan. There we go. <coughs> right. So, as we uh, finish up, uh, let's see what we've all been doing. What have you been, uh, shall I start? Do you want to start? Um, you start. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> I finally watched the imitation game. Yeah, what did you think? I haven't seen that yet, but I know you were talking about it when we saw the trailer. It's so relevant. I just I love the fact that I watched <laughs> that recently, and we just watched Skyfall. Mm. I I couldn't watch Im- the imitation game for a long time. I've been coding since I was preteen. Um, computers are a big part of my life, and computery things, and the history of how computers have been used in society and how eventually they became weaponized, where they came from, um, the history of uh, Alan Turing. Also, I, 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 something that's difficult for me to handle because I really don't like the political side of what we did to Alan Turing as a mm. as a country. Yeah. Um, these things I knew that have a massive emotional impact on me, and they did. Um, did you cry? Yeah, I think so. I, I I went to the science museum where they had an Alan, Alan Turing um, um, ex- exhibition at the science museum in London. I was walking about there crying. Wow! Um, I can imagine. This is this is it's a big deal for me. It's something that people probably wouldn't get if they don't understand who he is or the history yeah. of that. So watch it. Okay. Brilliant. Yeah, it's been on my list for a while. I'm. Uh, we watched a, I can't remember what we watched. <clears throat> we went to watch something in the cinema last year, a couple of years ago. And you'd said, you, you expressed your feelings for how important this person was. So mm-hmm. um, I'm intrigued in the film. I want to see why it's such a big deal. So um, Why Alan Turing is a big deal? No, no, no. Why the film is a big deal. The film is good. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's I can reasonable. understand why Alan Turing is a big deal. Um, yeah, it was Alan Turing's work that built computers. It was the beginning of... Uh, the power that SIS now have, um, well, the, not the power, the capability. And uh, I guess in a way it's the beginning of GCHQ as well. Gotham City headquarters. I'll leave that for you to look up. Okay. Um, you've got on your list here, Man in the High Castle. I want to skip that for a second because you've got John Carter as well. Um, please tell me what you thought. John Carter, what a shit film that I really liked. Yes. It was it was really good. It was very interesting. I didn't realize what era it was from. It was before everything. This is like almost pre-Asimov. <coughs> it's um 
space opera pre-Asimov almost. Um, <laughs> it's the beginnings of everything. I can see where it led to things like uh, uh, Superman, as you were saying before, on a, a previous conversation. I can see the beginnings of things like the Asimov stories, even some of the Star Wars stories. Um, Have you read Princess of Mars? Or any no, of no, of no. Okay. no. Well, I don't need to now. Yeah, because yeah, you've seen the film. Um, but an appalling film. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, <laughs> but hey, because of it was it, it was the beginning. It was the beginning of everything. Um, in many ways, a lot of science fiction literature came out of Princess of Mars and uh, what's that guy's name? You, you, not Eugene. What's that guy's name? You, Which one? The author, Princess of Mars. Oh, uh, Edgar Rice. Ed, Ed, uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs. Edgar Burroughs. Yeah. Yeah, buzzer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. I'm glad I watched it. I, you know, I'd, I'd casually watch it again. I've seen it three times. Um, I'm interested in seeing, reading the book at some point. Book is good. Um, I have yet to finish it. Dominic but... West. Yeah. And um, that guy that can't really have a career because he looks too much like the other guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. What does he look like again? It looks like our friend Jack Sparrow. No, 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 no. What? His name's Taylor something? Taylor, Taylor Kitsch. Taylor Kitsch, that's it. He looks like um, thingy. But no, who does he look like? Yeah, anyway, one of those uh, look like another actor. Actors. Yeah, just keep talking. He was in um, True Detective, by the way. Taylor Kitsch? Yeah. Oh, yes, he was, wasn't it? The late season, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, who else? Other, some other really bad acting all over the place. Uh, but yeah, interesting. Interesting film. It wasn't really much of anything. Um, I think it'd probably be better as a book. But yes, I watched Deadpool as well and I've been watching Man in a High Castle. What did you think of Deadpool? Deadpool. Have we not talked on a podcast since I've seen Deadpool? When did you watch Deadpool? A couple of weeks ago. Yeah, so might not have. Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. It's nice to see an R-rated Marvel film. It was great to see Stan Lee talk about strippers and promote their services. It was very strange. Uh, but yeah, it was good. It was like watching a computer game in many ways. Yeah. Um, but but fantastically fourth wall breaking um, honesty. Very very funny. Uh, entertaining very well balanced so that you don't just get so it doesn't feel too farcical uh, but it was a bit it was very good good I, I like Deadpool yeah I like I like it um okay what you, what, what you, what you been this? watching anything else alright uh, I've the been watching a, a bunch of things yeah um let's see I've been watching um, the Flash. The Flash. Daredevil season two. I'll start with those two first. Okay, so I started watching The Flash a while ago, and now I've come around to uh, finishing it off. Um, Where are you up to? Reverse Flash. I've just we've just seen the Reverse Flash. Okay. So he's just been trying to chase him and do whatever, and they meet in the Triumph, football stadium. Yeah. 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 They meet in the football stadium. Um, it's interesting though. The 
I want to call it pseudoscience. The pseudoscience behind Flash really interests me. Very pseudo. Yeah. Um, Almost none. Yeah. But I was reading about how how uh, how fast he can actually run and which yep. barriers he can break. Yep. So all I was reading them. about how he can break basically all the all the barriers. Yeah. And I can't wait till they show this in an episode. They can make yeah. They can make breaches in time. Yeah. As we saw in. Yeah. In um, that film. In that film. But yeah, we're watching The Flash. Finished Daredevil season two. Uh, have you seen Daredevil season? No, you haven't. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah. You've seen season one, right? Yeah. What did you think of season one? It's cool. Cool. I prefer okay. Jessica Jones. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm going to hold without judgment. Okay, season two is cool because of The Punisher. This, you that's, that's not a spoiler because he's all over the trailers. Okay. Um, but the development of the Daredevils and Punisher's relationship is, I, I love that it. it's beautiful. It's, it's, um, oh God, I can't, I can't say anything without ruining it for you. So okay. just, just watch it. Thank you. you. Just, you might have to download it or something. Uh, no, I will get it. I'll get Netflix again. Um, <coughs> Batman v Superman, you know, I've been watching like three times. <laughs> Yeah, you've nearly seen that as many times as um, I've seen the Rogue One trailer. Uh, let's talk about that because um, we've we've spoke about Batman v Superman briefly. We'll talk about it in the next podcast in, in length, I think. Also, because we don't do a podcast without talking about Star Wars. Yes, of course. <laughs> so, Rogue One. I refuse. Now, um, why don't you tell us about what you know about that? Not because much. I know nothing. I know. I know. Um, Oh, Mon Mothma. That was nice to see. Who that? What? Who that? Mon Mothma. Yeah. Many Bothans died to retrieve us. Oh, Bothans. Time. I know Bothans. The dog-looking people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See? Um, yeah. So, the one in the woman in the white dress with the chains. Yes. In the trailer. Yep. That's Mon Mothma. A much older Mon Mothma is in, in, is in episode four, guiding the attack on the Death Star. Oh, but this was like a young, fresh Mon Mothma. It was the beginning. That's it. Oh, man. You know what's really good is that trailer's come out just as we're getting to... Right, so in Rebels, <laughs> in Rebels, if you've been watching it on Disney XD, I think, um, they've been... There's been the emergence is, is about, it's partly to do with the emergence of the Rebel Alliance. And there's um, Kanan and Ezra, these two sort of almost Jedis, uh, 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 running around with their force users and they're basically the beginning of a rebellion fighting the galactic empire and they found a base and they're just getting settled down and they don't really know what to do and there's a few other people that are helping them and there's you know lots of appearances by a certain force user who's no longer a jedi and also lots of appearances there's a there's one episode where leia as a teenager is in it and there's an episode there's several there's a couple of episodes with vader that's cool. Yeah, it really is. And then as you get to the end of that season, is it one or two? I can't remember. What well, the current season of Rebels, as that's ended and they found a rebel base and they've settled down, the Rogue One trailer's come out, which is the beginning of the actual rebellion movement and the infiltration into um, the, the, the Empire and their people. It's just everything's starting to fit together and it's just wonderful to watch. I just have to keep... I read, gonna... I read this thing and this might be disappointing for you and I'm not sure how true it is, but apparently... Uh, there are no characters from Rebels in Rogue One. 
it's not not disappointing at all. It's a huge universe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that sounds fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, because there's some of these they're, they're keeping the characters separate. Ahsoka Tano from the Clone Wars is um, not mentioned anywhere in the uh, in the in the canon. Really, I, I don't know how how, how canony Rogue One's going to be. Obviously, it has to be included. Mm. Uh, very excited. What's her name? Jen Ursa. Yes. She. she it, it it looks like Hunger Games in Star Wars. Yes. A little bit. It's cool. Very excited. Very excited. Gonna go and watch the trailer again straight after this, and then again later on. I'm not even joking. <laughs> Um, what have you been listening to? What have I been listening to? Ah, a, u- a usual collection of coding podcasts. Um, yeah. uh, I recently started listening to episodes of Abroad Podcast, uh, which is Abroad Podcast. So I listened to two different ones: Abroad, a a Broad Experience, which is a women's issues oh, yeah, podcast, that. which I hate describing it that way because it's I don't know how to describe it, but it's. A post- podcast. I mean, everybody has issues, you know? These are just women with issues. Ah, uh, yeah. It, you wouldn't like this podcast. Why? Is it? Is it too many females in there? Are there, are there too many females? <laughs> oh, dear. You know, Which I love is really good. opinion on here and there. Yeah. Especially when it's from a woman. And then... <laughs> <laughs> wow. You're going to get... One day, when your other half actually listens to some of these episodes, <laughs> you're, you're just going to come home to a excessively hostile environment um right uh, and also another podcast called abroad abroad podcast and abroad podcast is completely addicted to it at the moment it's people's experiences who are expats who have moved abroad and they're just talking about how they got set up and how they've been working in these other countries and teaching and or english or whatever other job they're doing and how they managed to 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 get settled and how much it's cost them and and she talks to the, the, the woman whose podcast is, talks to lots of different people from different countries who are who are all expats, usually from the United States. Um, it's cool. You know, it makes you dream about the future and stuff. Uh, also, they've been listening to ship, The Ship Show, which ended, which is like a, a systems uh, systems administration IT podcast. thought it was really good, so I listened to it. And then the second episode I listened to was, they announced it as their last episode. It was good though. I'm gonna go back and listen to some of those older episodes. And um I listened to this thing called the History of Pirates podcast because I have this whole thing about how piracy was the beginning of free enterprise. Free enterprise. Yes. I'm not gonna go into that now, but uh, yes. it's it's really good. I've been listening to it on and off for a while and I'm still enjoying it. It's by a guy called I think his name's Craig Buddy. Um and uh yeah, it's cool. Uh, especially if you're watching Black Sales on uh, Prime or History Channel. If you're watching Black Trail Sales or you like that at all, uh, which I, I mean, I would recommend it. It's a great series. Um, have a Check out the History of Pirates podcast. Uh, give you some actual historical references for some of this stuff. Um, and we got back into playing Lips. Okay, that's weird. Which yeah, I know. We, some, in... we had a family event and we started okay. broke out the Lips on Xbox. And um, yeah, 
uh, they've switched off the servers or something. It just says, yeah, you can't download things, you can't do this, you can't do that. It's just an old game now that seems to be unsupported. So wow. I wish Microsoft would make a new version of that somehow. But that's basically me. Wow. You've been doing anything else? Reading? I mean, reading not so much. Uh, been trying to do that a lot more. Podcasts. Podcasts. Uh, I, I like I, said, I mentioned earlier. I listened to the Fat Man and Batman episode of him reviewing uh, the film um, Batman v Superman. Um, it was just interesting to see his take on it because a obviously he's uh, a fan of obviously Batman. I'd say a fan is is an understatement, and also he's a friend of Affleck's. Um, That's so weird. I know. And B, if anybody's going to have a legit review on this film, it was going to be him. Um, Why? Because he knows the character. He's written for the comic. He's he's he knows the oh, character. Oh, because of the whole Superman stuff. Yeah. And Batman stuff. Yeah. 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 Okay, he's written for the Batman yeah, yeah, comics. A cacophony, I think he wrote. It was an arc. Okay. I don't know what it's called. I don't know I'm ready yet, but he's written something. Um, um, fair, that's fair. That's fair. So, uh, you know, if anybody's going to have an opinion on it, it's his opinion I would rather listen to than any uh, film critics, you know? Um, but he had, he had, you know, fairly similar opinion to what you did, I guess, is in the sense that while it was a flawed film, um, it still had its charm. I think he quoted, he's, a, he's quoted saying that the film lacked heart. Yeah. Um, Heart's what elicits emotion. Yeah. Agree with that. Um, there was a lot of you said yesterday. There was a lot of geek out moments, and that's what stood out for me, particularly anyway, and how it's going to lead into Justice League, um, and that's what I'm more excited for to see all these characters come together on screen. We've been seeing them for years on end, and on in, on uh, on animation and and the pages, but we had never seen it on the big screen before. Oh, season two of Supergirl. I've, I'm going to start watching season one. I also have these episodes. I really like it. Yeah, I, I saw the trailer again, and she seems very lovable. She, it's, it's a lot of self-discovery. Okay. She's not a fully formed superhero. She just puts clothes on and feels like a superhero. Self-discovery? No. As in, when you become a superhero? <laughs> yes. Oh, old man humor. John Jones? Yes, I've read about this. Hank Henshaw. Yes. As well. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I've read some stuff about it and um John Jones. I'm intrigued to see how it's how di- how it differs from Smallville. Oh yeah. No nothing yeah, no, no relationship. No nothing no no. No. As in how the depictions differ. I know it'd be the big difference, but um yeah, I'm intrigued. Well, bigger CG budget. Yeah, I can see that. Um I mean that's it. I think I've, I've most of my life has been revolving around the Flash this this this, this month. I guess um, he is cute. He is very cute. Yeah, um, and also I think uh, we spoke about this yesterday is just my um, my assumptions on what it's based on was the um, Flashpoint paradox, which I highly recommend you uh, watch. Do you know what I'm not oh, shit. It's all right. It's not a big deal. Links. <laughs> Slack. Uh, it's fine. Um, Flashpoint Paradox. Watch yep. the animated film. Um, it's interesting as hell. If you can't, if you haven't got a chance to uh, time to read the the arc, I'd suggest just um, watching the film um, because it's just as good. What? 
Is it a film? Uh, no, it's but it's, it's a comic book arc. But you know how DC do these animated universes, universe films? Yeah, they literally they're physically literally based on the comic book arcs. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I've seen a, a lot of Marvel ones like that. Uh, DC ones are better. Okay. Yeah. The DC ones are definitely better. Have you seen like Gotham Knight? No. No. I watch stuff like that. It's Gotham Knight's good and then they've got they've got uh, the Wicked. They're more adult. It's really gritty shit. Yeah, like, the DC stuff like that. Yeah, it's it's good. There was one called Under the Red Hood. You heard about this? No. It's a, just a good story they told about um, the first Robin when he became uh, ah. Red Hood. It's, it's really cool. Um, but yeah, it's been a very DC'd out this month. Um, cool. Yeah. Great. Shall we? We can roll up. So that's pretty much us for this month. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to hear the edit on this. I want to see how it comes out. Me too. Uh, worst case scenario, we'll be doing a re-record. Yay! <laughs> uh, no, I think it'll be okay. Okay. Uh, All right. Well, if you like this, check us out on iTunes. Hit subscribe and add us to your collection. We're also on Stitcher, if that's your thing. We're both on Twitter, so you can find me on at MovievilleCased and Kushal on at Joshi. We're also on Anchor now, so why not drop us a wave? Tell us what you thought of the podcast. We're always happy to hear your feedback about them. Podcast. What? <laughs> 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 and he's a rewrite there. <laughs> All right. Cool. See you in four. <laughs> What's four? What do you say? <laughs> <laughs>